Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. We are a church with a heart for people and the message of Jesus. It is our desire that you'll be drawn closer to God through today's teaching. To access notes from today's message, go to foxriverchristian.org slash message. Thanks for listening. Welcome, everyone. I am especially glad that you're here with us this weekend because there is something special that God has for you. And his desire for you would be to experience him and his working, specifically through the means of prayer. I want you to know sincerely how truly excited I am about not just this series that we're moving into, but actually February is a spiritual adventure that we are going to be embarking on together. I'm excited for what it is that God can do in your life and will be doing, what he is going to do in our church, in fact, what he is going to do in our community as well. One of the great gifts that God gives to us and he invites us to use is prayer. In fact, he says this. He says, call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you don't even know of. He says to us to keep on praying. He tells us that the prayer of a righteous person, it can accomplish much. And Jesus' words are these, to keep on praying and not quit. These words are so helpful because there's times that we can get bogged down either with our own thinking or different theological thoughts such as like, why do I even need to pray if God already knows what I'm going to pray before I pray it? Or what good does it do for me to pray if God is sovereign? His words to us help us just to cut through this with this bottom line. God says to us, I want you to pray and it is going to make a difference. All of us today would find ourselves somewhere on a prayer continuum. That is, we might um, be not praying at all right now. We might rarely pray. We might occasionally pray. We might be kind of regular in our prayers. We might be a prayer warrior. Now, wherever you're at on that prayer continuum, and every one of us is somewhere on that, The objective that God has for us is the same. And that is that we would experience him. And that we would experience his working through prayer. So I'm going to ask that you would make today three commitments. Three commitments that I think are going to shape this entire adventure that we are going on together. First commitment that I want to ask of you is this. Would you commit to every day for the rest of February, praying for at least 15 seconds. Now, why do I say 15 seconds? It's simply if you're like, I'm not even sure what I would pray, guy. You could pray the Lord's Prayer in about 15 seconds if you didn't have anything else at that point. Now, if you're willing to make this commitment right now, and I'm asking you, Please. In fact, I'm pleading with you. Would you please join with us in this first commitment? Can I ask you to lift a hand? Now, some of you, you've never raised a hand in church before. You've never done it um, in any public setting, but I'm asking you right now. Would you lift a hand? Would you lift it high? Everywhere, everywhere, everyone, would you join with us in this commitment? This is where everything begins. Cool. Now, Let me improve our chances of success by 900%. 
if we will add to our what we're going to do, the when we're going to do it and where we're going to do it, the Yale study tells us that we will increase by 900% our chances of success. So, having made the commitment that every day this month that we're going to pray, let me ask you, when are you going to do it? Will you do it at 6.05 in the morning? Meaning, if you get up at 6 o'clock in the morning, will you at 6.05 pray? Because if you will, what I'm going to ask you to do is set an alarm. In fact, you can grab your phone right now and set an alarm. If you're thinking, like, 6.05 doesn't work for me. Whatever time you get up, why don't you think about Five minutes afterwards or 10 minutes afterwards, whatever works for you, but set that alarm so that when it goes off, that you're going to take at least a moment to pray. Then let me ask, where are you going to do it? Now, if you're thinking like, hey, I'm just going to pray when I wake up and I'm going to do it in bed, that can be a little bit of a dangerous place uh, to pray there. But you might choose to do it in your bedroom. You might choose to do it in the kitchen, your living room, in a favorite chair. You could do it in the garage, wherever your place is. But right now, it's like every day I'm going to pray at this time that I've just set an alarm and at this place. Second commitment that I want to make, that I want to ask you to make, would be, would you commit to pray every day for someone? For someone that you know, that you believe needs Jesus in their life. Third commitment, and that is that every day this month that you will pray with someone. Now, if you're married, I want to be really specific with this particular ask. If you're married, would you pray every day with your spouse? If you will do this, you will not only improve your marriage, but you can almost 100% divorce-proof your marriage. It's true. That less than 1% of all couples that pray together ever end up divorcing. Denise and I began praying together several years ago. Now, before that, for years in our marriage, I prayed, I prayed by myself, Denise prayed by ourselves. We prayed together occasionally, but it was in a marriage seminar that we were doing here that we made that decision to begin to pray together. And I tell you what it has really made a great difference to us. Though, I will be open enough to share, there are on occasions, a couple of times, that it can be a little bit awkward. Like those times that we're really not getting along with each other like we should. And so when it's time to go to bed and time for us you know, to pray, my thought is, God, would you just open the eyes of this woman to help her to understand what an incredible person that she's married to? Would you help her to repent of the sins and things that I'm guilty for and to ask for forgiveness for the things that I'm doing wrong in our marriage? It's almost close to that that my thoughts go. And I'll tell you that there's been several times, many times that the Holy Spirit has just convicted me when we needed to pray together, that either it's, God, help us to work through what we're going through. That was our prayer. Or it was that importance of me just asking for the forgiveness that I needed to and what was causing this breach in our relationship. For those of you who are not married, or for those of you that for for whatever reason you just can't, um, at this point, pray together with your spouse, would you make the commitment to pray with someone else every day this week. It could be somebody from your group. It could be a friend. Um, 
you can do it online, you could do it you know, with a text, you could you know, Zoom with each other, whatever means that you would choose, but just to take uh, at least a moment together to pray with someone else. Three commitments that I guarantee you, they are going to be life impacting, they are going to be life changing to us. Now, with these three commitments in front of us, these three commitments going like, I can do that, and hear me, you can do this. I want to share a little bit about what has helped me over the last 18 months to be able to pray with, I think, just a greater openness and effectiveness with God. Each week that we come together, our goal is going to be this, to look at prayer in, that, in a way that's going to stretch us, in a way that's going to challenge us, in a way that is going to help us. And these three prayer actions, though they're not original with me, have been so helpful, so challenging, and so stretching. The first of these is actually a responding to God. I want you to look with me at these words from Romans chapter 12, verse number 1. We look at this together. The first word up there is what? You say it with me? Therefore. That's right, therefore. This verse is actually a link. It's a link to the first 11 chapters of Romans. So Romans, um, let me just mention this, that Romans is one of the greatest teaching or doctrinal books in the Bible. It tells us more about salvation, helps us to understand Jesus, our relationship with him, and how to live the Christian life than any other book in the Bible. So the first 11 chapters, we get this incredible truth about how to know God and relationship with, with Jesus. The last chapters, chapters 12 through 16, are about how do you live this out? How can the Christian life make an impact on you, make an impact on the world around you? So you always will have this intersection. You've got great truth, and where it intersects with action or implementation in our life, that point is where life impact takes place. That point is where life change occurs. So that's what Romans 12.1 is going to bring us into. Therefore, now let's finish reading together. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper, would you say it with me, worship. The first action that we want to do is to lift our hands in worship and surrender to God. The word that is up there, the mercy of God, is a huge bucket word. And the word there includes because of the love of God, because of the kindness of God, because of the blessings of God, because of the goodness of God. All of these things that God has put, it is drawing us into an action of worship. And when I use the word surrender, and with hands that are raised, it might come to your mind like, okay, I've just got to get hand, like surrender to God as in there's nothing else I can do. I have been um, beaten down or overtaken. The truth of the matter is this. If God wanted to put you on your knees, if he wanted to put you on your face, if God wanted to um, put you on your butt, he could do that just like that. That is not what God desires for us here. That's not what he's saying. The reason that I worship him, the reason that I would want to surrender to him is because of who he is, because of what he has done. 
I got to respond. And my response to the goodness of God, to everything that has led up to this, would be to praise him for who he is, to thank him for what he's done, and then, as it were, to bow my knee before him. You see, with my hands lifted, I want to both praise God and I want to affirm the lordship of Jesus in my life. For everyone here that has received Jesus as your savior, can I ask you, are you living as if he is the Lord of your life? Worship can also be said as worth-ship. Because of who you are, Jesus, because of what you've done, I gladly acknowledge you as Lord. And when we say that Jesus is Lord, Jesus gives us the insight, like, what does that mean? He said this. He said, you are my disciples. You're my followers if you do the things that I've asked you. Another occasion, he said, why do you call me Lord and don't do the things that you say? If you want to explain this to your kids, the first action of worship is simply saying yes and thank you. Thank you, God, for who you are and what you've done. And yes to what it is that you're asking me in my life. Action one, I lift my hands. Action two, I open my hands. Would you do this with me? Would you just put your hands out in front of you like this and open them up? Now close them. Now open them. Close them once more. Which way represents you most often when you're praying? Are we praying like this or are we praying like this? Maybe just because I'm as visual as I am, but this speaks such volumes to me. The second action of prayer just reminds me to live generously. I have been blessed to bless. More so, it helps me to live with a trust. With open hands, and you might just open your hands in front of you again for just a moment, if you'd like. With open hands, I begin to see what it is that I have in my life, what I have, or at least I believe I have control of. In my open hands, I can see my dreams. I can see my plans. I can see my hopes. I can see my relationships. I can see, you know, here's the things that I've been entrusted with. To really open myself up, as Jesus said, to not my will but yours be done, Father, I've got to keep my hands open. And this is the, I think you would say, this is the specifics of the lordship of Jesus in my life. I don't know if you've ever played the game before. To either put a stone or I've got a quarter here because I think money, it just makes it a little bit more fun, a little bit more interesting. With a friend of holding the coin out in front of you and then the game is for a friend to try to be able to snatch the quarter out of your hand. Now you know, as this goes, you begin watching your friend's hand and as their hand gets closer, what does yours do? Can you, do, you just feel the, the reflex happening, don't you? Because as they're coming to reach in, you're closing down as quick as you can. You're going to hold on to that. You know, in prayer, if we sense that God is reaching down into our hands, do you have that tendency to want to cover? Do you want to, you, you want to hold out on God rather than saying, Lord, 
this is the hopes, this is what I'm thinking about, but I'm going to keep my hands open to you. Even when I had that tendency to want to close them. Because open hands not only keep me in the place where I'm trusting you, but in the place that you can continue to actually put more into these hands. So the first action is to lift my hands. My second action is to open my hands. And the third action, well, it's going to be to extend my hands. Jesus says to us, he said to his disciples, and he says to us now, he said, the harvest is truly plentiful, though the laborers are few. Therefore pray, see these words Jesus, therefore pray that the Lord of the harvest will send forth workers into the harvest. What is Jesus saying? He says, if you see what I see, you see people in need of God and in need of me in their life. And what we need is to be able to get out the love of God and that word of God, the gospel to others, because it is going to help them and it is going to change their life. You see, when I extend my hands, I am joining God, I am joining Jesus on mission. Remember the second commitment that I asked you to make? The commitment to pray daily for someone that you believe needs Jesus. Now, you may have that person in mind already. Maybe their name is Bo. Maybe their name is Sally. But if it's Bo, can I ask you, who is going to pray for Bo if you don't? Who is going to pray for Sally if you don't? And if you do, if you pray for Bo and if you pray for Sally, God said it is going to make a difference. I prayed for my dad for 45 years. 45 years that he would open himself up to Jesus. My brother Dean, my sister Denise, I mean, they prayed right along with me, and it, there were times, years and years, that it didn't seem like it was making any difference at all. But after 45 years, and that's a lot of days of praying, after 45 years, my dad opened his life opened his soul up to Jesus and trusted him as Savior. My dad is in heaven today. And a part of the reason that my dad is in heaven today is because we prayed. God says, when you pray, it will make a difference and I will increase my working in a person's life. There's some of us in here today. We have been the person that somebody prayed for for years and years. And upon opening our lives up, we know the difference that that's made in our life. We know how our lives have been changed as a result of this as well. So can I ask you, if we don't pray for our neighbors, who's going to pray for them? If we don't pray for our coworkers, if we don't pray for the people in our community, who's going to pray for them? And they, by the grace of God, so can use the prayers of God's people that way. I want you just to imagine with me for a minute, as Jesus stretched out his arms, he stretched them out in love. Jesus wept over people because he knew the need that they had in their life. Jesus showed the love of God when he stretched out his arms on the cross. 
And if you've responded to that, then you know what a difference it, it can make. And this is the prayer that Jesus said, would you join with me in helping others to know that as well? Imagine for just a moment, as we have now set ourselves up, to be able to put ourselves in the place that God can make a difference, the difference that he will be making? Can you imagine, would you imagine that every single person in Fox River, I mean, look around the room right now, every person that you know, if every single person that called Fox River home would pray daily and they would lift up their hands in worship and surrender to the Lordship of Jesus, if they would open their hands in trusting God, if they would extend their arms in joining with him on mission, can you imagine if every single one of us did that? I think that this is what is called revival. I know that this is how a church, it can move from a place of being disrupted because of the coronavirus and all of the, the restrictions that you know, are just put upon us and we, we respond to those in love, but this is the way that we move forward and this is the way that we begin to experience God. We experience his working. We experience him in us. We experience his working through us. We begin to experience him in our community and we begin to see the things the dreams that God has for us and that are expressed through God's people in prayer, we begin to see those things become reality. Ready to start? It starts with our daily prayer. And I'm going to invite you to just practice once with me before we go today. Before we do that, I want you to read these words of God to us with regards to prayer from Ephesians. Everybody, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. God says, that's your frame of reference. So let's try it together. If you're comfortable, and in fact, let me just encourage you to go a little outside your comfort zone right now. Let's keep our eyes open, but would you with me lift your hands to say, God, thank you for your mercies. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the way that you have loved me. Thank you for all that you've done for me. Jesus, I choose again to follow you as the Lord of my life and say yes to you. With open hands, Father, help me to live generously. Help me to trust you. And even if you're reaching in, I believe that there are even more that you are going to place back into open hands before you. And Jesus, we are so thankful to join with you in mission, showing love, sharing good news, helping others to know life and life to the full. And let me encourage you. And if these even do 10% of what I found them doing in my life over these last 18 months, let God do a, a truly life-changing, life-impacting, and amazing work in you and through you. Now, before we go today, I just want to invite those 
And as you're just watching what's going on and saying, I need to start. I mean, I need to receive Jesus as my Savior. And if that's the case for you, with all of the beauty of it, the Christian life begins with prayer, and then it continues with prayer. And if you want to begin with this prayer, would you with me? Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for me and have risen again. I come to you as a sinner in need of what you've done and desirous for what you will do in my life. Not just heaven someday, but for what you're going to do right now. And I want to trust you as my Savior. How many today are saying, Guy, today's the day that I want to begin the Christian life. And I do so by receiving Jesus in prayer. Would you lift a hand wherever you're at? That is sweet. God, to you be the glory. And may we see you more and more through this gift you've given to us in prayer. Amen. We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon.